When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Oh. I think Cheerios are still Who hot. Cheerios? Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. I know you couldn't hear that, and that's why I especially appreciate you dancing along to the introduction of a special international <laughs> edition of The Deuce. <laughs> This is very, this is muy especial. And um, as the Greeks say. Yeah, the Greeks definitely have a special language, a poli especial, which is Greek Italian. <laughs> I I have my setup here. It's mm-hmm. not ideal, but it's not terrible. It might be okay. If Am- you're watching this or listening to this right now, it's not that bad. If you're not, then it's pretty bad. Yeah, if you're if you're watching this, first of all, thank you for yes, you know, actually caring about watching the video. We appreciate that. And if you're not watching it, totes understand. Totes get it. You're probably a busy also, mom. Yeah, I also see your angle. If you're not watching this, yeah, we understand. And once people start watching podcasts, we're getting. It's like we're getting away from what a podcast was and we're just going back into tv shows yeah with with like very boring ones with really low production values the kind of shit that they used to have to show and probably still do at like 4 a.m on a sunday morning to satisfy some like full you know broadcasting in the public interest clause in their broadcast license why people want to watch people sit around and talk a couple of guys with beards make fart jokes at one another listen yes watch baffling to me Wait, are we the guys in the beards doing fart jokes? Because I'm here for it. I feel like I've, I'm. Def- I know for sure I'm one of those guys. I think in your heart, I think you missed your. I think you missed your calling. I think whenever the X's and Y's got handed out, maybe, maybe just maybe you were supposed to be Bert Kreischer. You know, I take that as a compliment, a solid compliment. I would love to be that confident with that dad bod. He's 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 really like the epitome of an american dad well i mean not to get all political or whatever here society society there's a lot more wiggle room in our society to find a place of acceptance in our society being a burt kreischer being a man than there is being a lady melissa mccarthy is the only person i can really think of who comes to mind who is like not um not a cute woman by any real like hollywood objective standard who's able to uh work in the comedic space without the joke being that she's not an attractive person it's interesting because it's interesting beauty standards are interesting outside of hollywood and inside of hollywood um Melissa McCarthy, I feel McCartney, McCarthy. There's so many McCarthy. There's Jenny McCarthy. There's Paul McCartney. There's Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. 
There's just yeah. a lot of how's a, it, how's, how's, how's a gal supposed to keep them all straight? Right. It just sounds like somebody drunk saying the same name wrong over and over. That's all it sounds like. It sounds like a drunk Irish person saying the same person just with different levels of intoxicus. Intoxic- <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Intoxic. You know, I was at I was at uh, I was at Universal with the kids, as you know, over the weekend, and I spent some time in line behind a Scottish family, and I was surprised at how surprised I was to find out that they actually really talk like that all the time. Yeah, Scottish people sound, I think, out of all of the accents, like European accents, they sound the drunkest, for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Like, they, they, they call, take so the cake. A, a, um, a, an Irish accent is technically known as a brogue, whereas a Scottish accent is technically known as a burr. And to burr is effectively to slur. See? I was right. This is the essence of this podcast. Tully goes way deep on the spectrum, and I'm like, fucking A. That's right, bro. Fucking yeah. Deuces. Yeah, fucking. (laughs) Yeah, fucking, that's... Yo, Scott, they sound so fucking drunk, bro. And you're like, well, actually, if you put the X with the Y and the Z with the T, you've got P. Jesse May Peluso, you are in Greece? Nah. Oh, I get it. That's an impression of the log lady from Twin Peaks, right? I, see, again, your references, they escape me. Because Twin Peaks was on in, what, the fucking 20s? Right. <laughs> when you were when you were negative 52 years old. Yeah, where I was negative zygote. <laughs> you just assume everyone has this like elderly reference that you have. <laughs> I think I would, I would venture to. Yeah. Can we put up a poll and ask people how many people? No, I, I, Twin Peaks. Not never. Not everybody watched at the time, but she spoke backwards. By the way, that's remember the lady. Okay, you won't remember. Remember the creepy little lady from Poltergeist, who? If, yeah, she says. She says, um, "Back up! You're jamming up my frequencies." Can you right, back by the way, way you're jamming up my yeah. frequencies. This house is clear. The references and quotes that you're dropping, by the way, easily six years older than Twin Peaks, if not more so. Really? <laughs> it might be it might be a clear decade before Twin Peaks. No, I need I can't fact check because my computer's running and my <laughs> phone is running. So you got to fact check. I'm maxed. I'm maxed out. <laughs> We're maxed you really, out. So you guys are gonna have to fact check. Wait, you, wait. You want you, you? Do you doubt me? Okay, hold on. Well, you got Polter- the computer. I don't know what happens if I hit 82. buttons. Now. I believe Poltergeist is 82, and I believe Twin Peaks. Poltergeist is is 82, mm-hmm. and, and Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks might be like might 80, be like 90, 90, bro. I think Twin Peaks is 89. Twin Peaks. TV show ran for two seasons from 1990 to 1992, thereby making it 10 years younger. Wow. I stand corrected. Well, I will say I saw a lot of popular movies that were released the year I was born and Twin Peaks, if I remember it, which I I don't really remember watching it, you know, there's different eras in your life where things just sort of skip you, but correct me if I'm wrong, since you know, Twin Peaks don't you think Twin Peaks gave birth to X-Files? 
kind of like a I don't think that yeah I don't think that's a crazy thing to say I think it's sort of interesting to look at the stuff that birthed the 90s things that became were like really really unusual when they came out in the late 80s and you know Twin Peaks obviously was developed and greenlit before the 90s it came out in 1990 shit like the Pixies and in, in music and and Twin Peaks where it, it, they seemed so oddball at the time and then they struck a chord with people and then all of a sudden it wasn't it, you know within within eight years i remember when there was like quentin tarantino was so hot that they were just green lighting movies that people might plausibly mistake for quentin tarantino movies you know things got really really weird very very quickly in the 90s specifically in terms of the paranormal stuff yeah i think you could you could draw a line from from twin peaks to x files but i just think in general weird stuff being in the mainstream stopped being all that weird like really really quickly the 90s are kind of are kind of I would say that they're underrated, except I think people are starting to figure out. I'm starting to figure out because I kind of shit on them at the time because I was a teenager in the 90s when it's just real easy to be like, I just, my kid was just watching the Simpsons episode with when Homer's in Lollapalooza and the kid, you know, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting shot in the chest with the, the cannonball. And the kid goes, oh, it's that guy who gets shot in the, in the stomach with the cannonball. He's cool. And his friend goes, are you being sarcastic? And he goes, I don't even know anymore. Like that's that was the way the '90s real that that line encapsulates the '90s perfectly. It was just you just shit on everything because you were supposed to, but it was there was actually a lot a lot of cool stuff and yeah, in a lot of ways, Twin Peaks for sure kicked off X Files and and a lot of other weird stuff. I don't care about any of this. I wanted to, is that a bottle of Yuzo in the foreground? I know people can't did, see it. Did you just say Yuzo? I'm sorry, you sound like an Italian yeah. grandfather. Yuzo. Yeah. Do you mean Uzo? Uzo. Uzo. I mean Uzo. I do mean Uzo. Yeah. Oh, Yuzu. It, sorry. I, I, I live in Many. a. I live in a. Is that just white Zin? No, it's rose. It's a bottle of rose. Right. It's really just kind of been the vibe down here. Um, yeah. I'm filming and I have a per diem. And uh, tell you, I'm maxing that bitch out every day. I really want to know everything. So There's you're so in much to Greece. Tell. For for how, and I doubt we'll get to all of it now. For for how for how long have you been there, and for how long will you be there? I don't know what day it is. We're going to start with that ballpark. Yeah, um, ballpark. It's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? For Wait. you, I believe it is. It's it's almost Tuesday here. I've mm-hmm. been here for over a week. I have been. Um, we've had a quarantine for some time prior. Like when I first got here and then my makeup artist actually got sick. So that was wild. She got COVID. <laughs> and um, the time... But you don't, you don't, you, you don't work in close proximity to her, right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> She's only got her fucking fingers up my nose every day. No, so it, it was before we had to like start filming. And then now... Um, it's my whole schedule is completely flipped upside down. I have lost concept of what my LA schedule was in correlation with the time change here. And uh, like my body does every time I travel to another country without fail, the histamine reaction to the food, the air, water, everything gets inflamed in my body. And, and now I'm starting to wonder if, I've got like 
if I'm sensitive to everything or if this is an indicator, if this is like some sort of, if I have like a biomarker for autoimmune sensitivities or something when it comes to new introductions into my system, because I have, or, or maybe I shouldn't have rosé for breakfast. Is it helping? So those are the only two things I'm ba- I'm j- oscillating between. Either I have a very sensitive histamine reaction or rosé is not a good breakfast. You you can decide. Um so I don't know I've lost concept of the time and I have a very itchy body. That that's those are the two sort of things that have been challenging, but I will say I've traveled a lot and I I know you have too. And anybody out there listening who's done like international travel, one of the greatest tricks to avoiding major jet lag is to fly into the place you're flying into. And this isn't foolproof. It's just something that's worked a couple times for me for the most part. Flying into the country and arriving around nighttime. Because normally after a a trip of any sort of distance, you're kind of tired anyways for the most part. If you can avoid caffeine and, and drinking like a monster you could really just sort of biohack yourself into integration the next day. If you can just get right to sleep, get in there at night, get right to sleep and wake up. But it's obviously not foolproof, but yeah, those are the things I'm sort yeah. of battling. I prefer the opposite approach, which is to try to sleep on the plane to some extent or another, get up with the sun coming up wherever I am. And then just try to stay up all day and have the weirdest fucking day I can possibly have That's when a good I put my feet, too. when I put my feet on the ground, like by dinner, by dinner, like things are, are, are truly bizarre. And I'm like dissociative. And I like going to a crowded restaurant with poor acoustics at that point. So I can't tell if the overheard conversations is conversations in a language I will never understand are real or imagined as they swirl around behind me. Like, 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 I like for my first day in a new country to be like Alice's first 10 minutes in Wonderland. Yeah, that's a that's a solid approach too. And Thank you. That can be accomplished either just from the jet lag or local local drugs, which I've already put a feeler out for and have gotten some responses for as well. And I'm I have trying a husband to understand. here too. Oh, great. Well, congratulations on that. I'll get you to Thank some you. Yuzo. Ugh, Yuzo. God, that sounds like some art auto dealership out here. Use those autos. It does. Well, so there's this there's this kind of um, there's this spicy citrus thing that Japanese people add to food. That's a prominent part of my life here in my house called yuzu. I know I know oh, all I about uzo. I because okay, there you go. Because I know all about uzo. Because the worst job I've ever had in my entire life was in a Greek restaurant. I feel like I've already lived in Greece because I lived in a, I worked in a Greek restaurant in New York immediately after September 11th. Oh shit! Yeah, where it was what bad. Part I told of New York? you, I, the the Upper West Side. Um, it's a good place. I, I absolutely recommend the food. Uh, it's called it's called Nico's. I bet it's still there. It's just one of those. Nico's places. is so good. I fucking love you, Nico's. You know Nico's. I worked there. Okay, on the West Side Listen. of uh, Columbus. Yeah, no, no. about that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, it's I never north really of like mass- seventy. Fifth, it's like between. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like in between seventy fifth and eightieth, I think, on the you're west side your, of the street going north. Yeah, you're totally even on, it's Nico's. on the west side of the street. 
One yeah, of the okay, you know spots. exactly. It's good. It's good. I don't have any problem with the food. It was the the culture of the place. So, look, people who who are familiar with my stuff have heard me talk about this a million times. But after September, so September 11th happens, and I was working at the Central Park Boathouse, which is um, a seasonal restaurant. Needless to say, and on as I was like, really got to find a new gig. Can't do this for the winter. Then right around, I mean, I'm thinking about that right around oh September 10th. 2001 really got to get a new job jesse did i tell you change i went and um they were building a new restaurant in the trade center and i dropped off a resume there on september 10th 2001 did you ever get a call back no 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 no. Um, i uh, but i i'm i'm patient that's a very competitive position can you imagine you you didn't get a call back but somebody else did And so all of a sudden there's no waiting gigs anywhere in the city, you know? And so I just, I got desperate and I just, I thought I'd have to move back in with my parents. So my rent at that point was, my share of rent was $900 a month, a month, which was fucking colossal. Like I swear to God, there were people who had mortgages for less than $900. To tell people that my rent was $1,800 shared was like $10,000 in today dollars. So I needed to come up with 900 bucks every month. So I literally just started pounding the pavement and walking into random restaurants. And I walked in and I met the Nico. Oh, yeah, Nico, Nico. I I never saw Nico again after that. And and <laughs> and that's an important that's an important detail because I walked in, I said I'm looking for a job and they're like every other place is like we're not hiring, we're not hiring. Nobody in New York was hiring. This place wasn't hiring either, but Nico was there, so they sent me to him and he's like, "You seem like nice boy. You come tomorrow, you wait table." You know? And I pretty much showed up the next day and everyone's like, who the fuck are you and what are you doing here? And I said, Nico hired me. And they're like, oh, okay, fuck. Put him on the schedule, fuck. And it was the most evil den, like hornet's nest of alcoholics and malcontents. And at the end of every shift, you had to write in a marble notebook what we could all be doing better to improve the restaurant. And all anybody did was use that opportunity to take passive aggressive shots at one another. So I wrote that out for a few months until I was able to get a better job. And when I left, I prank called them and made a bogus order, Jesse, every day for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, like to go, like a to go order. So here's the thing. So there's Nico's, but then he has a burger place like three doors north called Nick's. And if somebody ordered a chocolate shake from Nico's, they actually ran it down from Nick's. So it was like a harmless crime. I'd call them all the time. Be like, hey, it's Nico's. We need a chocolate shake. And they go, okay. And then and then I know that they would just, because the people who worked there were so evil. Nobody but the evil people who worked there would care. And I, But I knew that it would boil their blood to be like, we didn't order a chocolate shake. So I, and they probably when never I was having knew a, every day. We'll check it out. So, so when I was having a bad day, I would call them. All my friends knew this. If I was like hanging out and I was having a good day, I would just pick up my phone and call and call Nico's and prank call them and get a chocolate shake. And then at one point, because I'm such a good Catholic kid and I'm such a bad liar, I called and they, they put in a system. Unbeknownst to me, after several months, I said, I need a chocolate shake. And they go, who is this? And I had to think fast. So I said, it's Mike. <laughs> and then that didn't pass the smell test so then what i did is i went home and i and i used lime wire 
you know, like Napster to download uh, the theme, the 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 soundtrack music from Yorba the Greek. Oh Jesus! So that, and from then on out, I only called from my apartment because I knew that in the background, every Greek restaurant plays the soundtrack from Yorba the Greek, starring Anthony Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> So I would put that on in the background and call, and then they they never asked who, if I was really calling from from Nico. So I kept up that up for like six more months by playing Greek music in the background. You're kind of fucking spiteful and evil. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. So I've basically been to Greece, but that's that's my Greece. Tell me about yours. <laughs> well, today I went and got some. Let me show the people. Uh, cortisone cream. Nice. It's really sexy stuff going on here. I got some cortisone cream. I also have uh, a little Tiger Bomb. Got to travel with Tiger Bomb. Shit's vital. Um, I'm the been... old one, right? Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. You're the old one, but I'm like, hey, you got muscle cream? You got any anti-itching muscle cream? <laughs> you're bragging about <laughs> you're bragging about your antihistamines. And I'm tiger out here bomb. looking for a rich Greek yacht daddy, and I'm like, hey, hold on, let me just stock up on my muscle bomb. Anytime you have to go and order balm, yeah. Anytime you have to go and order itch cream, just yeah. throw in the, the the sexy towel's been burnt. It's been yeah. burnt, and there's not even a fiber fucking left. There's not no, even there's a not thread a, for anyone to know there was not a, once a towel. There's no form of balm known to man that is not sex repellent. <laughs> yeah, balm. Bomb gets rid of boners. Bomb gets rid of aches and boners. Yeah, what can't it do? What, it's it, like truly, the, uh, what can it do? It's like apple cider vinegar. It's a it's a magical it's a magical salve. That's what it is. Bomb is a magical salve. When someone says salve, what's worse? Let's do a poll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's more of a of a anti boner medication? Bomb or salve is it salve or is it supposed to be pronounced salve i'm not clear on that it's salve but salve sounds more anti-boner to me all right it's salve for sure because bomb bomb is a soft l because it's not bomb but and it's also not balm it's bomb it's bomb right but it's but it's not gentle it is it is gentle uh, and, and also, like balm implies like 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 a balmy breeze oh, is God. They will the only time I fuck out. I will only <laughs> fuck or eat outdoors when the weather is like between sixty eight and seventy. Did you say I'll only fuck or eat outdoors? Yeah, the weather's got to be perfect. When are you fucking and eating? Like what 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 life are you living? I know. I know you yeah. used to rock hard. I mm-hmm. didn't know you were still rocking hard. What are you just slamming hot dogs and then slamming your hot dog <laughs> down the hallway? What's going on? I, I've what been kind of known fucking to have barbecues do you go to? I've been known to have lunch in a quickie at Pink's. I'll have you know. No, I like. I hate outdoor. Outdoor dining is so incredibly overrated. Un, like I want a restaurant to be between sixty-seven and seventy-one degrees, and I will only eat outside if it also happens to be between sixty-seven and seventy-one degrees. Sometimes in Los Angeles, you see people in winter coats underneath heaters eating outdoors at fancy, expensive restaurants because they've got it in their head 
that they can eat outdoors, so they should eat outdoors, even when it's abundantly clear that no one in their right mind would do that, nor is this an elegant, comfortable experience in the slightest. So if it's perfect outside, yeah, that's nice. It's maybe even a little better than eating indoors, but only when it's perfect. And more importantly, I'm not fucking outside if I'm cold. Yeah, outside fucking, first of all, needs to be very cozy. Uh, I myself am not a fucking criminal or a mongrel, so that hasn't happened often (laughs) in my life. Nor am I homeless. Um, You have a whole house. (laughs) So, (laughs) but I will say, when you're dining, if if I'm dropping money, I better be fucking comfortable. And there's been so many yeah. times in my life. I don't know about you because you're so much older than me. But yeah, right. in my life, only the past few years, have I started to really voice my discomforts or my... Uh, uh, there's the, the the things going on that I don't like in order to get it the way I want it. Specifically, so here's an example. When you go and like get your nails done if they use the drill machine or something like that and it hurts I never used to say anything now I'm like no drill this is how I like it this is how I want it done and it makes my experience so much better I'm I always tip well but I'll tip more like I think there's so much more value in just saying how you want things done like going out to eat knowing I don't want to fucking freeze I don't want to be shivering and having spent $40 on a steak. If I'm spending $40 on a fucking steak, I want to be comfortable as fuck. I want to be like so comfortable that someone could just put a blanket over me and I'm going to sleep in the restaurant. And if that's entitlement, well, entitlement's fucking cozy. Yeah, entitlement beats being cold. I think a lot of it is just how do you say that? Because there's a lot of people who struggle to speak up for themselves, but there's maybe just as many people who do not struggle to speak up for themselves, but do so like a fucking asshole. So you have to learn how I, you to know, dismount yeah. and discuss whatever your desires are without being a dick. There's a real way to yeah, finesse have, it. No, I know. I have one friend who she just, every time I'm around her, I marvel at how she's able to be so incredibly direct without being rude. Like, I can't even do an impression of it because she's so good at it and I'm so bad at it. We went for a weekend in Palm Springs and at some point I was going to take my kid to do like bumper cars. And I was like, you know, you don't have to come, but you're of course welcome to come. Do you want to come do bumper cars? And she just said, no, I'm going to skip that in a way that clearly conveyed what sort of fucking asshole do you think I am? I'm in my thirties and I'm in Palm Springs. I'm going to be drinking next to the pool. You're the fucking moron who had children who the fuck goes and does bumper cars, but it was just this neat. No, thanks. I'll be here. And I, I loved the way that she was able to politely decline without making me feel like an idiot. That's an art. That's definitely an art form. And also with respect to, a certain scenario or situation life is way too short to not be doing exactly what you want to be doing when you're doing it and that's not to say there aren't instances where you need to show up for somebody and friends and family and sacrifice and compromise absolutely but 
for the most part, I'm at the place where I don't really, if it's, if it's not suiting me, if it's not something that is adding to my life, I, I, I don't give a fuck anymore. I really don't. Yeah. I think that's a good place to be. My sister and I have been talking about that a bit recently. Um, she has, it's the first time my sister ever shared like a meme type thing with me. And it also was one of the few times in my life that somebody's ever shared a meme type thing with me where I wasn't like, who the fuck do you think I am? Like it was actually a, a good, a good thing. And the, 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 the gist of it was people call it a midlife crisis. And what it really is, is a midlife awakening. You start to realize that time, you've always hopefully known that time is precious, but you start to internalize the finite nature of, of years and good years. And that if you all of a sudden decide to disrupt the life that you've led so far in some smaller, big way, when you're in middle age, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I, I screwed up. I'm trying to recapture my you know, my, my teens again, it's just, okay, yeah, that's fine, but it's not working. And my choices at this point are either like riding a bad plan into the grave or taking a chance and doing something about it. And, uh, I, you know, I guess there are examples of midlife crises. I, I, I love when people talk about, you know, the cliche is always the guy getting the sports car. And now I've heard so many times people say, I never stopped wanting the car. From the time yeah. I was 16 until I was 56, I could just finally fucking afford the car. Right. And it's also, honestly, people, our culture views midlife crisis like a negative thing, but it's it's a great thing to have happen. Yeah. Out of crisis, there is creation. Literally, you know, the cliche of destruction is the birthplace of creation. And if a midlife crisis is a destruction of your former life, well then you're just making new room for some new shit. And if the new shit's in the form of a fucking beautiful classic car, God bless you. Those are beautifully built. Especially if you can get one that has like all the original exterior and you soup it up with a nice new engine and get all the new modern technology, but you still have that old homage to the, to the classic hardware. Fucking a, what a, I might need a midlife crisis right now. Honestly. Well said. Um, well said, bro. Are you ready? You ready? I am ready. I do want to say that my camera cut off, but we're just at this point have probably adjusted to a still static picture of me that's really flattering. The audio is still going, but this is... I see. So, oh, I know what happened. Did your camera cut off right about the 30-minute mark? Yep. Yeah. How'd you know? Because I had a camera like that that I had to return because it was, uh, I mean, this is, I don't know how exciting this is for people, but people might be interested to know that Let's if, and you can thank, you can thank the Europeans for this. If a camera rolls video for more than 30 minutes, then by the European Union, it's considered a video camera, not a, a camera camera, and is therefore taxed differently. So there's lots and lots and lots. Perhaps most of the video the video cameras that you'll see on Amazon actually only will roll 30 minutes of video. What? Don't 
we have the same video also, camera? Do you think it's a European Union setting? Is my camera yeah. not union? It's like, bro, I'm sensing a real bad environment and I'm going to have to talk to my brothers and sisters down at the fucking VFW about this. Yeah, your, your camera might be all hoffed out. You also might be pleased to learn that most video cameras that are digital, if you don't stop the video and it cuts itself off, not only does it stop recording, you lose the preceding 30 minutes. Well, let's hope that that's not the case. But if it is, hey, you're welcome for the adorable photo of me on this video and Tully talking the entire time. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Good thing I'm such a dynamic visual performer. You really are. I mean, I, I, what I would think we be otherwise mm -hmm. your face is a thing that keeps people coming back for the video. The moneymaker right here. Yeah. The fucking moneymaker, man. It's truly, you know, it's, it's, it's something. It's something. So, uh, where, so you're in Greece, but where are you? Somehow along some, uh, along the way, I got it in my head that you were like, getting on a boat and going to like uh like sex bomb island or something and that you would just be and it would just be you and like crew and dingbat contestants and you would be sequestered from civilization but i feel like you have like a wine shop within walking distance of where you're staying <laughs> all of the above mm -hmm. i am in lafkada which is on the south west we're on the southwest side of greece lifkata is a drivable island it's one of the only islands you can drive to th from the mainland and from it a lot of people will travel to you know the over i don't know over a thousand different islands not all are uh, built up obviously there's a lot of really small teeny islands they count every single one it's kind of like the Thousand Islands in upstate New York and the Canadian border, they call it the Thousand Islands and they are counting like every little fucking island. It's the same thing here in, in Greece. But this is one of the only drivable islands and one of the most rural in the the entire country for the most part. So, and I can't really say too much about the show uh, other than the reason they picked this island is because it is rural. That's all I can really say. All right. All right. Contractually. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But I will say today um, I was going through emails a little bit and came across one of our, well, your idea rather that you sent me that we were talking about. And I think this is like more of a personal conversation between you and I, but we can put it on the podcast to tickle the pickle. I do think this production company would freaking love that idea. Just a side note, sidebar. Okay, cool. What are we waiting for? You're alone with them for, uh, for, for, okay. How long are you there again? Until the end of June. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's, you know, I took the job and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Greece for f Greece in, in May and June. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'm a homebody yeah. by nature. Like, I love to go out and explore. Like I'm out of this place every morning and I'm walking and I've already made friends and I've learned enough Greek to be able to have little conversations and order food and all that shit. But I, I, I like to be home home. And, and now that I'm here, 
and realizing that we're just in the beginning of production, it makes me have a whole new appreciation for actors that go out and shoot these three month long movies and do it on a cyclical pattern like Liam Neeson made has made something like 100 movies and he's been in the industry for 20 25 30 years that's still about like three movies a year so I don't know if it's my theory or if it's an established fact but I have in my head that his um the renaissance of Liam Neeson has was was do him doing taken which completely reinvented him the people 20 years from now who discover liam neeson might not ever know that there was a liam neeson who didn't just run around pistol whipping people trying to find yeah. his daughter so strongly identified with that type of role has he become and, and, and he continues to be i arrived at the conclusion through fact or fancy that he only accepted that kind of role something that would have been beneath him a genre beat him up tough guy movie because his wife had died tragically and he was just kind of looking for for work something did you to get hear about that is that what you heard about him i don't know if i made that up or if i or if i heard that who's it natasha yeah hinsky uh, Hen- there's a there's isn't no. there a natasha hinsky and a natasha henstridge her name was um it wasn't Natasha. It was a uh, ah. What was her? What was his fucking wife? It was Natasha. Was it Natasha? She's British. Natasha Richardson. Richardson. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. She right. actually she died in a uh, skiing accident and I know she did. I know that she bled her brain brain bleeding. I believe was the cause because they couldn't get you know release that pressure from her brain which is one of the reasons why I never learned skiing. It's just so, it, it's so unfortunate, but people's death can sort of reconfirm your own individual fear and be like, I'm good. Yeah, I don't I don't think I need to ski. I think I'm good on the ski tip. I think you're right about Liam though. He, I don't really remember pre-taken Liam. And I, well, I take that back. He, let's see, when was taken? Taken was, ooh, let's see. He's got quite the fucking. No, I know he was. A, he was. A, he was already. He, he was already kind of past his commercial prime when that whole shit started. I also so, get confused because didn't he play Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List? Yeah, they both were in Schindler's List. Um, oh, he, for real? Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Uh, no, oh. they both were in. Um, uh, no, this like dragon movie. I can't remember what the fuck it was. They were like. Chronicles of Narnia. That that's they both were in the Chronicles of Narnia. I think. Yeah, that's often mixed up with Schindler's List. Yeah, those two are really commonly. <laughs> well, I, I just heard him talking, Liam Neeson, on what podcast do you think I heard him talking on? Yeah, on Smartless. I understand. Yeah, on Smartless, and um, he was t- talking about when him and and Ralph Ray finds Ralph, whatever his fucking weird name is that has a lot of letters that are silent. Yeah, his they name can in- get fucked. <laughs> so fuck his name can fuck off <laughs> he was talking about how him and <laughs> Rafe finds were in a movie together and they were they had to play these like really serious dramatic roles 
and they were all dressed up in like wigs and you know the full movie makeup and he said that they just couldn't like keep it together because they've known each other for so long that it was just ridiculous to see each other like play these really dramatic roles i just thought that was cute and funny but um back to it is back to uh liam neeson's filmography he had there were two movies that really put him on the map prior to actually three prior to taken which I was thinking the same as you were saying. And I was like, you know, I feel like there's other stuff that he did. I know you weren't, you're not saying he hasn't been in movies, but I felt like there were some major moments for him. So I think the first major moment for him in a movie was, I just had it. It was there's you know, Schindler's List was the first movie that really fucking did some shit. But 93 93 94 was a big time for blockbuster films yes the early 90s is when we really started to see some fucking huge movies schindler's list being one of them then he goes and makes star wars episode one the phantom menace which was massive that was a blockbuster yes i've heard of that one yeah yep he did gangs of new york which was fucking huge love actually kinsey and Batman begins all within a handful of years together. Taken happened just after that. Oh, he I also see. did. Yeah, he, he and then after that, he just bam, 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 bam. Had so many movies, but so many of them were taken adjacent. Like unknown was kind of like taken if he was the daughter and this plot was just twisted just a little bit, but there still was guns and people shooting at people. He's made a lot of movies where people are just shooting at people. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, he's a righteous man exacting vigilante justice. Yes. Except for this one film that I believe was derivative of a play or a book called the gray. Have you seen the gray? Mm. I have not. Uh, Jason Ellis brings it up from time to time, so I sometimes I'm fairly familiar with it, considering that I haven't. But no, that's the that's the Wolf movie, right? Yeah, and it's really beautiful. It's the cinematography is beautiful, but the the script and dialogue is particularly um, gripping. So I I highly recommend. That's a movie I'm going to recommend for this episode. For everybody okay. to watch. Yeah. I, I got to put my anti-itch cream on. Go ahead. Okay. But my theory... You're not on camera anymore, so you can do you can do whatever you want. Um, oh, I, I would have done this on camera. Not I'm that it was going of... to stop you. I'm, I'm, as I said that, I realized that, right? <laughs> I'm ruefully um, applying without a camera. But I, I do think there's something to him working incessantly since his wife died. I, I think he is... He might be the real life John Candy from planes, trains and automobiles spoiler alert to anybody who has not seen that where as long as he stays in a trailer, he can keep at bay the fact that there's no one waiting at home anymore. Damn Tully. I know he's a mournful kind of guy. Damn. That's that's stone cold. There might be something to that. And I, I don't know. Now, now I need to know if this is this is what I'm gonna do. 
If Liam Neeson is single, I'm I'm gonna date him. I'm gonna I take that would be good. Team. I think that would be good for both of you. What? Um, look, Let's I don't see. know how to I don't know how to put this, JMB, but uh, if if there's widespread impression uh, 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 that somebody in that relationship is dating down, you know, I'm gonna the, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to say that you're directing this at Liam. That's what I'm going to say. Because I, I don't know if you heard. I'm day drinking rosé in Greece. That's right. I may have a rash from my ankle to my wrists. But that's on Greece. That's not on me. So Greek people, they just eat Greek food all the time, huh? They really do. Okay, so. <laughs> wait, Tully. Yeah. Hold on. There's a flaw. What? There's a flaw in your theory. I have a theory and I'm gonna t- about Liam Neeson. Oh, okay. Here's your flaw. You ready for it? So, Taken came out in, wow, they did Taken 3 and he was in Taken 2. I didn't realize that he was in all three of those. That motherfucker could retire on just Taken alone. Taken came out 2008. no. I see what you're saying and the timing's just a little off, but I think you're, st- I still think you're right. Taken came out in 2008 and Patricia died in 2009. Oh, yeah. So that's I still pretty, think that that theory is still standing. That's a pretty big hole in that theory. Agreed. It's not a hole. I do think that it's still, it still happened. I, I, I do, but I don't see your girlfriend right now on, at least on Wikipedia. He is, um, he is 69, which is my cutoff. So, and he's, his birthday is June 7th and I'm going to be the, in age, the, the, the age or the sex act? Uh, uh, both. <laughs> There's no reason. I don't understand 69. I think it's a real overachievers activity. I think you'd, there'd be a level of sanitation that would have, have to happen prior to that for me because the only way I'm putting my nose near a man's taint is if I see him disinfect it is if I actually see him and then I might need like a nice essential oil, like a, like an orange or maybe an uplifting eucalyptus to be put on that area and around the perineum so that I can, you know, not die from whatever's going on down there. Oh, we're grownups. You got to take a 69 bath. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for supporting me in this. I do not want to have sex outdoors if if it's not perfect weather. And I honestly do not want to have sex if I am not freshly showered and neither is my partner. I'm not saying I, I I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying that if 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 I had my druthers we would both be perfectly clean, and what I make you make of that? What I'm, I'm not a I'm not a germaphobe. I eat butts. I feel like Whoa. I'm. The, I feel Whoa. like I'm the more. Six, I feel like I'm the more pro sixty nine out of the two of us. I'm just saying, do it clean, man. Come on, grow up. Uh, new merch alert. <laughs> I am not a germaphobe. I eat butts. Yeah, we need that on a t shirt immediately. How are our bro brooches coming out? They're coming very, very well. I am, <laughs> I am handcrafting each one. I feel like we should just sell one. <laughs> we should just manufacture. 
and make one. I should also, I don't know if I failed to uh, divulge that I am also on allergy medication and rosé. So I don't know how those two things go together. Probably not great. But just throwing that out there for anybody. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think this episode is is canon. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you don't think this episode is what is is canon? Like, there's a thing that they do where, uh, like, if you make like you could make fan fiction about Spider Man or whatever, that doesn't mean it's now part of the official Spider Man mm-hmm. story. The people who own the story, you know, like every now and again, uh, they'll make um, you know a really really bad halloween movie with mike myers and then the next one they just pretend that that one didn't even happen they just cut it out of the official story even though it happened it didn't officially happen it's not it's not canonical part of the official canonical yeah that's if, if it's if it's canon it is canonical to me this is you and i were just talking about how to try to set up your camera and one thing led to another and we ended up <laughs> really recording nice. and we ended up recording. I probably should have been clearer about that at the top that we just ended up rolling to see if we could make things work. And next thing you know, an episode came out, but <laughs> and I, you're talking about how you're not a germaphobe and you eat butts. I mean, geez, 47 see, minutes to get to that epiphany. That didn't officially happen because neither did this episode. Wow. But we're still posting this. No, I know, I know, I know. I just don't want people to, if people go, man, those kids were, those cats were especially loose this time around. <laughs> Speaking of cats, this community, this island has the largest population of wild cats that I've ever seen in my life. I can and see Athens that. actually has the largest population of wild dog that I've seen. Not cats specifically, but dogs. And I will say, here's the thing about having wild dogs versus wild cats. You can tell, you wouldn't even have to see the cats to know that cats live there because you don't see bugs or rats. Dogs aren't as useful in that sense. Dogs don't right. really serve a purpose in the in the vermin population control. Yeah. Cats cats are earning the food that they get fed. And in the the individuals and locals put to go boxes filled with food they feed all of their extra food to the cats so these cats are like getting fed well it's it feels like a real symbiotic relationship yeah i think it is and i'm sure it has been for millennia so are you saying that in athens there were both dogs and rats yes in athens there are definite vermin other than dogs but you don't really see cats too much and the dogs really run around in a pack and it's it can be a little alarming yeah i've been to athens a couple times and i remember just being like oh so we're just oh we're cool with this like i'm i have three dogs and i was like this is too many dogs (laughs) yeah well yeah like a pack of wild dogs is is a cliche and it's not one with positive connotations so yeah yeah it's very it reminds me of that go ahead no i was just gonna say um Eddie Murphy had this old bit about the differences between men and women is like the differences between cat and dogs. When a cat goes out all night and comes home, you don't know that a cat was out all night. It just comes through the door all sly like, hey, how are you? And comes to the door all slow and confident. 
But if a dog was out all night, he'll come through the door. He'll come barreling through the door. He's going to have shit attached to him and leaves and probably like a extra, just a lawn chair and, and, and dragging something else along him. Like I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of the joke. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So the story is supposedly like we, we put, um, dogs, cats, and horses, and I guess sheep on this, um, well, I'm trying to think as I'm saying this doesn't really make sense. The, the, the handful of animals that we put on a pedestal that we give special status, uh, basically this, it, the idea is that there isn't really anything that special about a horse or a dog or a cat. It's just that they were more useful to us alive than they were as food. And that's why we elevated them. Right. So, so yes. That's why cows are kind of on the cows are like really fucking pushing it. It's like, and I was going to say, you become a burger real quick. Yeah. You're done. You're done. That's why I guess cows are just sort of evolved to be like, that guy in high school that you went to school with for four years, but you don't remember a fucking thing about, they're just fucking there. Ditto, ditto, ditto sheep. But um, cats are like arguably the most important of the three horses. Obviously you can ride, you know, that before you have cars, horses are a pretty big deal. Um, And dogs, they're not supposed to catch vermin and shit so much as they are to um, alert you to and hopefully protect you from dangers. That's what dogs are supposed to do, but cats are yeah. arguably the most the most important of the three because having vermin it could be really really dangerous in a pre scientific age, and that's what cats were there for. Hell yeah! But if you have a farm, they're all important. Like if you have if you're doing like regenerative farming, which is going to be the only thing that saves this fucking planet, you need all those creatures to perform the multitude of tasks it takes to maintain and create a fertile environment for, for farming. Like, you know, you have the chickens and the chickens can clean off a lot of the bugs that attack the plant life. And they also, um, you know, move around and create a lot of different foliage and start to break down a lot of the different plants and then you've got cows and the way cows graze cows can help sort of clean out the area and their poop and all of that and then you got some birds you can get these like specific types of like geese that eat a specific type of tick I forget the type of bird it is, but if you bring those onto the farm, then you don't have the ticks to get onto the animals to fuck up the animals. They have the other jobs to do. And then you need dogs to help with the fucking cows. You need, um, you need women to do the female jobs on the farm, like complaining (laughs) and menstruating, right? And menstruating. (laughs) No, it is really cool to have, uh, my friend has a 75 acre, my, my, can a business partner my gondrepreneur partner has a 75 acre um plot of land in oklahoma and he was teaching me about all this stuff and i thought it was fascinating telling me all the jobs that go on underneath each individual animal and how symbiotic it all is if you really get into like regenerative farming it's really fucking fascinating yeah, nature really is incredible it is so depressing how much disruption we're doing in a couple of hundred years to shit that t- t- took millions of years to evolve to, t- 
to to this level Perfection. of symbiosis. Yeah. Two things. You're reminding me of an article that I read. Uh, it's a couple of years old, but I just got to it in the New Yorker about this guy who was um, a kingpin of organic like grain and corn and stuff. And he was, uh, mm. he, had, he, he took his life, which is why he was never tried for the crimes of which he was certainly guilty, um, w which is basically passing off a bunch of not organic corn as organic corn and it wasn't just so much about this guy it just the article exposed all of the different um uh loopholes isn't really the word but for lack of a better word just the way that that system is set up that it's very very easily abused and that particularly i think because a lot of the people at the root of it who are actually growing this stuff don't believe that mm. organic conveys any real um advantages they're just doing it because that's where and people who choose to do it some of them at least do it because that's where they the money is at least at that moment in time and when those people you know what i mean if if if, if we're selling people magic beans if i can if i know these aren't magic beans if i believe these aren't magic beans fuck yeah i'm gonna sell you regular pinto beans and save myself a bunch of money and make a bunch of money if you Cause I don't, cause who fucking cares? Are you happy? If you think you got magic beans, then you did fuck off. Everybody wins here. Yeah. Organic farming is much more difficult than regular farming. The pesticides can create a predictable schedule. Yeah. If you can use the chemicals you need to induce the ripening process to create a, you know, a barrier between the disruptive bugs all of that you know it's so much more cost effective to have a productive farming schedule but the reality is these pesticides and chemicals that they put on our produce have definitely created a lot of fucking um health issues and do create a lot of health issues and the the problem is that loophole there really isn't a a system in place that is consistent enough to do the policing or like you're discussing the regulation of it all and it does seem like it would be something that would be relatively easy to create a you know a false narrative about what you're really doing on your farm and I, I I fucking hate to say that I understand. Like I understand maybe somebody trying their hardest, but it just is too fucking difficult. And instead of doing what's right, they do what's best for them and their family. I fucking understand that. I'm not saying it's the right thing. Obviously, it's not right or legal, but I fucking get it. If if it's some, you know, if it's a family farm and they're looking at losing it and They've been trying the organic thing, but it's just so fucking difficult. They're like, well, no one's really coming around. Let's just keep business as usual and see what, what happens. Yeah. A, a system that can be abused will be abused. Maybe not by, you know, not 100%. by everybody, you know, they, they use the literal example in the article of one of this guy's suppliers. So many of the people didn't know that they were participating in a scam because he would buy a certain amount of organic stuff. But then he would also buy a bunch of inorganic stuff and he would, you know, mix up the paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. But one guy who was fully in on it and on board with it literally had the outside of his um, his farm 
was organic because they say you can easily tell visually to look at it, the difference between conventional and organic farming. Organic farms are are messy and and haphazard, and he would he kept the outside organic and then the core of it was not. And it was enough that anybody driving by or if he had to meet a certifier or something like that, it would it would it would pass the smell test. But that level of literally sophistication of uh, of chicanery. Yeah. And it's also the other thing you have to look at is farmland and the distance between an organic farm versus a non-organic farm. If there is crop dusting going on even miles down the road and it's a windy fucking day in Kansas. Yeah. The way the way the crow flies, that wind is going to carry those pesticides through the air down to the next fucking farm. So you could do all the organic farming you want, but unless you also know what farms are going and what types of farms are around you in your perimeter, bro. Ain't nothing organic anymore. And okay, that the is bison why... bison aren't migrating anymore. We're fucked. It, yep. And, and that's why um, I, there is evidence. I don't think this is a, a, a catch-all thing. I don't know that it um, addresses the, pesti- the pesticide issues that you're touching on at all. But I think maybe the microplastics that we now eat, we all eat like a plastic bag worth of microplastics every oh, week or something. In the water? Yeah. Supposedly, the way that there's one small study strongly suggested that giving regular plasma donations is 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 the only demonstrated way that clears out a bunch of the bad shit that is going into your body, whether you're purposely ingesting it or not. Um, and that's why well, I'm getting again, regular plasma. What? Donating plasma at the Red Cross helps what? helps clean out a bunch of shit in your blood that's not supposed to be in your blood because it's constantly making your body make fresh new blood that doesn't have all that garbage in it. So look, here's my point. Maybe... So we just give it, our plastic blood to people? Yes. Yes. If you, if you, so if you're you saying just, the way to clean... If you just had your arm... You know, if, if you, hey, if you are the actress wife of uh, a Hollywood A-lister and you just slammed into a tree on a pair of skis, you're probably not asking a lot of questions about the microplastic <laughs> content of the plasma donation. Your, uh, your blood-soaked brain desperately requires. So yeah, everybody, everybody give plasma... You might be helping yourself. There's a, there's um, early evidence suggests that it? is the case. Worst case scenario, you merely save someone else's life. Isn't that just like the same version of a farmer not being 100% organic <laughs> by donating your microplastic blood? Hey, everybody, we want you to go out this week and donate your microplastic blood <laughs> for someone in need. That's yeah, well, up, the person I'm going to start donating blood. I'm going to look into that and start donating. Yeah, the 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 person you're donating donating it to is just as full as of microplastics as you are. If you go donate plasma, they set you up with uh with uh with Netflix and you just sit there in a in a little comfy <laughs> like I'm I'm not kidding. They say you said cuz it takes like 2 hours. Blood donations take like 15 minutes, but plasma donations, they put you in like a lazy boy and they put a blanket on you and you sit there and you watch a movie and you and you save a life and maybe rid yourself of microplastics for a couple weeks anyway. 
we should do they allow you to sit with people yeah this would be awkward though because i have a standing plan to go on a plasma donating date with my wife so i can't do it with you first oh okay well yeah let me know how it goes that would just, i think you should that would just can be you live stream that that should be it's content. gonna be a it's going to be a it's going to be a big day. There's going to be weather permitting, outdoor eating, outdoor and sex, fucking. plasma donating, freshly showered 69, a butt buffet. What wow. will we do? Maybe I need to get married. Shit sounds fun. <laughs> you and Liam. <laughs> oh, I got to go get him. Are we done? Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're done. I'm going to play the outro and you're not going to hear it, okay? I'm going to wait to clap. Bye, everybody. Thanks. You know you're not on camera, right? I'm on camera for you. (laughs) (laughs) Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.